You're listening to the Major Pod Network, the only place where your favorite toy store, card shop, arcade, theme park, and arena are all on the same block. Scratch that major itch. The following announcement has been paid for by the Major World Order. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Major World Order Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Billy Peck, and with me is the American Osvar. And what this is the big Jake Bosky, the Sean Kemp of sneaker collecting, the Major Mad Hatter, Jake. Don't call Giant Gonzalez the worst wrestler of all time because he's not. He's not. He's the best. That's welcome. Right. Today's episode of the Major World Order Podcast, where it's just too sweet. That's right. Welcome to the show, and thank you for being here. Whether it's your uh, first time or 160-something time, I think is around where we're at. Yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, You know, however many of those weeks in a row, uh, been hanging out and putting on a, a show for you and getting to yeah. know a lot of different people within this major wrestling figure podcast community. And we've been having a great time doing it. And we hope you have been listening and uh, taking part. Um, so if you are not already, please check us out on X, Instagram and Facebook, all at major world order, um, youtube.com slash major world order, where I just put up a brand new video uh, I've talked about this in the past. Um, it, it's another video with my son and I uh, where we compare different figures. Um, it's been a, a very helpful tool for him to be able to work on uh, speech problems, uh, which he has done very, very, very well. And in, you know, I mean, we've been doing a lot of other things, but in part, it has been, you know, doing these videos where uh, it gives him a chance to kind of in a sense speak to an audience so uh if you check those out you know thank you for for doing that i know it's not you know like you know whatever but anyway um and then outside of that we have patreon.com slash major world order where for a dollar a month you get to find out who the guest is in advance you get the episodes early um and the video version of the episode and then for five dollars a month you get all of that you get a uh, special uh, gift for first-time subscribers right. and uh, once-a-month pop culture episode where all three of us or maybe one of us or a couple of us will uh, discuss something within pop culture. And Husvar also just put out a brand new uh, video, which you can tell a little about that, and then we'll get to talking to our guest. Yeah, it's actually, uh, if you're actually watching on the uh the patreon um you could see that jake's actually watching my video it's a uh that's because i'm, a, a, I'm retro- a patreon member so i got it <laughs> you created the facebook pal um i created the damn patreon <laughs> brother um it's a retrospective on uh, arnold schwarzenegger so i had right. uh 
a lot of fun doing it. Kind of pulled out some stuff from my collection, some stuff I I actually missed. Um, oh, nice. but uh, it's all right, you know. Next part two, you know, there's always room for a part two, but oh yeah, yeah. So check it out. I hope you like it. Um, you know, I kind of said at the end of the video, um, if you want to comment on the video and like vote, like maybe we could do a uh, like a poll and see like you know what the viewers want to see, maybe like a viewer's choice. Mm. Uh, kind of thing and nice. we can give like a bunch of uh like categories and do a little poll and and that'll vote on like what me or you or jake or all three of us together like do I, it was just an idea that came i love that idea. Oh, i mentioned yeah. at the end of the video. Idea. i love it yeah well, well, yeah. You know, I'm sure we'll uh, at some point we can put like a poll or something up in uh, our Patreon that way. Um, you know, we'll the hus yeah. poll. leave your comments and yeah, we'll call it the, the, the what? The hus poll? The hus poll. All right. <laughs> okay. Sounds um, good. So, um, like Ghostbusters, yeah. you got to try this poll. <laughs> You're a poll. <laughs> um, I was just like trying to think of things to get like the viewers like mm -hmm. more involved and I think yeah. that's a great idea. No, listeners. That's fantastic, man. Yep. Yeah. But, Best um, idea you came up with today. <laughs> He's like, well, I came up with it two days ago when I recorded that part of the <laughs> anyway. Uh but no, um, you know, thanks for you know checking out whatever it is that you do, whether it's the, the free yeah. episodes or the Patreon, which is uh even more uh, appreciative of you and, and all that. But uh, either way, we are happy to have you along with us for this ride. And let's go ahead and bring our guest on. I think this is going to be a, a fun one and uh, informative, uh, a different look inside of the wrestling business and, mm -hmm. and, you know, just another, um, you know, look into someone's, you know, fandom and where it's led them. So please welcome Zach Linder. Hey guys! Hi there. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Before we get started, I, I gotta ask you. You know, I I must admit, I'm not a regular listener to the show. I've heard it a That's couple okay. times. Mm -hmm. um, it, it has filled my commutes um, uh, every now and then. But I gotta ask, Jake, is that? the hill that you're willing to die on with the giant Gonzalez, or was that a one-time thing? <laughs> no, man. Dude, here, hold on. Let me, let me show you something. Oh, yeah, it's the new house. I forgot. Oh, yeah, so Jake is, is newly moved with internet installed, I think, last night. And so, a new TV. Yeah. Sorry, if it's, it's not completely 100%, oh, that's why. All right for those for those just listening, we're we're getting a show and tell going on. There we yeah. go. That's right. So, so Giant Gonzalez is the be all end all for me. He is my number one okay. greatest of all time favorite wrestler. I mean, look at this guy. <laughs> Dude, he's jacked. And then you know he's got some fur growing in the correct spots from the place he was originated from. You know, up in the mountains with snow, so to keep his body parts warm. And uh, you know, he's just. Uh, He's the only guy that, in my record book, beat The Undertaker before The Undertaker was undefeated at WrestleMania. Because technically, okay. I mean, if, if you watch WrestleMania 9, Undertaker was out, you know. But uh, it's, uh, you know, an unfortunate thing. There was some some whatever word you use. I don't know what the word's called because, you know, it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know. Some John shenanigans. Gonzalez. Yeah, some shit. Nanigans backstage and <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's very unfortunate, but uh, in fact, I do. I, I mean, uh, this is a gift, by the way. Uh, Jeff Montalvo, 
uh, got this for me. Um, this is actually the real fur variant. So it's one mm -hmm. of 500. Uh, very, very happy to have this in my collection. So I got to find Jake, a nice spot. I'm, yes. I'm happy for you and I'm not going to fight you on it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's one of those things like I feel like he has always had like a genuine love for Giant Gonzalez. But at some point, Giant Gonzalez, like, I think was brought up as a joke. Mm -hmm. And then somehow every episode since he's it's been mentioned. brought it up. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I'll, I'll give you real quick. I'll make this super quick. Full disclosure. Uh, I My very first pay-per-view was the 93 Royal Rumble where he debuted. And he came down to the ring. And, dude, it just it did floor me when I was a kid. I was like, this guy's humongous. And, like. I didn't. I remember El Gigante from WCW, but I didn't realize at the time that was the same guy. And um, you how know, could he, you? They look nothing alike, right? Not at all. <laughs> Especially to me, I was an idiot as a kid. But uh, <laughs> you know. So anyway, um, you know, and it, it was you know, I, I actually for some reason I had two giant Gonzalez Hasbro's as a kid. There's a picture of I didn't even realize until you know just recently, a couple of years ago. Was it like a Christmas double or something? Probably, probably. Yeah. So, but I was just like, oh man, it's crazy, and then. So I was listening to the pod one day, major wrestling figure podcast, and something had came up about um, doing like being a completist, you know, and like people are talking about like Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan. Those are so I don't want to say unattainable, but extremely difficult to be a completist, uh, you know, with, with with guys like that. So I kind of got to thinking, what's something on a smaller scale that I can do and instantly I thought of giant Gonzalez. I'm like, cause it just popped in my head. I'm like, this guy's got like four or five figures tops. You know what I mean? And like, I can, I can complete that, you know? So that, that was my goal. And, um, and here we are. Here we <laughs> are. He's my favorite. And I just, I don't know. It, it, yeah. It started off as a joke and then it just, it turned into something that I, I actually really do like enjoy. It's just realistically, he was a horrible wrestler and it's not his fault. You know, he was just, he, he couldn't walk. Too you know big I mean? to train. Hey, he was too big, and uh, so, you know. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's fun. Why not? Kali Jace, a thousand percent. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for the context, Jake. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Be happy to discuss that in a full, full widespread uh, pod sometime for for all you lovely listeners. You know. So. <laughs> um, I I do want to again put this out there just. Just so people know, <laughs> I'm already um, all choked up. Uh, yep, I'm all choked up. No, I've I'm not like sick, sick anymore. But like, I have this lingering cough and a very weak voice. So if it comes out really? that way, I apologize to, to the listeners. Do you have to let it linger? <laughs> I'm trying not to. Um, so anyway, uh, Zach, let's let's get to know you some more. Let's talk about you. Yes. Um, you it's have one of my been, favorite subjects. Well, hey, that's that's perfect then. <laughs> um, you've been part of the major wrestling figure podcast community for um a, a little while now, but like not very long, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh a part of the Facebook group fairly recently. Um uh, probably six months or under six months. Yeah, yeah um, about but, right. Uh, but I was in the ground floor on the podcast itself, um, knew that it was coming before they launched it. And, um, uh, and, and, and listen to those first few episodes, uh, believe I mentioned on several of those first few episodes, just in conversation stuff that I had been talking with Matt and Brian about, 
Um, I think me and Sam Roberts are kind of like two of the mainstays that are mentioned on those first few episodes. Sure. Um, and uh, uh, well, I'll admit to you guys that um, in uh, in August of 2019, um, uh, I I took a new job, and it was a very very demanding new job, and I fell out of listening to the podcast. Ah. And um, and then uh, uh, COVID hit, mm. and um, uh, my job got even more intense during COVID. Um, and, uh, I, I really fell out of wrestling and, uh, stopped listening to the pot. So I missed the whole FWF era. Right. Oh. And I, and I know all about that now, of course. Um, and, uh, it was a very busy time coming out of COVID, got married, had a kid as my life began yes. to settle down. Uh, thank you. And, um, uh, as my life began to settle down, um, uh, heard about whatnot because I was a, um, uh, I was a sports card collector and whatnot was very big in the sports mm -hmm. card community. So heard about whatnot, saw that Matt and Brian were doing things on whatnot. And by virtue of, um, joining some of their, their whatnot streams, I got pulled back into the podcast. And I said to myself, I, I gotta be a part of this Facebook group. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's kind of the, uh, the cliff's notes of the trajectory there. Nice. Yeah, perfect. You know, it, you know, obviously, uh, you know, because we're all part of it is, you know, all of that, you know, like I see you in, you know, uh, you know, good conversations with people in the Facebook group, see you in the, the whatnot streams a lot and, you know, just the live streams like you've, um, you know, as as this conversation unfolds, you know, we'll start to learn more. Um, but you've previously had you know, a relationship with Matt and Brian to some degree. And, you know, so being, you know, part of their streams and the community, you know, just seems like that next step, um, you know, in all of that. So, uh, you know, it's uh, as, as the guy that, you know, moderates all of that stuff and, um, and, and just as, you know, a, a, a fan, you know, that likes to hang out as well, like you've been a, you know, a, a fun and welcome part of the community. So I'm glad that you joined. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it, it, it's been really fun. And, and um, I think it's really important to just always keep the positivity up. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what, I, what I don't love doing is I don't love talking wrestling on the group. You know, there are, you know, I think, Billy, you made a good point the other day when some of the, you know, the controversy started coming up and, you know, it's a very sad stuff happening. Yeah. And, and, and you took a stand pretty quickly and assertively um, posted something. Hey, we're not going to talk about that here. This is a group for wrestling collectibles. And I thought that was fantastic because that's what I love talking about on the group, but keeping the positivity up, talking about our collections, talking right. about getting signatures, you know, that, you know, yeah. you know, what's Collecting. the best paint pen to use collecting right, right. yeah you, you want to talk wrestling you want to talk about you know what you think about cm punk's return or or, or what, what you think about who won the royal rumble there are other groups there are other channels for that there's endless uh wrestling endless. forums yes um but but there but there are only a few that figure collecting and collecting communities so uh, whenever i participate in the group i try and keep it focused on that and keep it focused on the positivity of that you know i I don't like to wade into a lot of the waters of, uh, you know, what figures suck. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that. But I, yep. I, I think it's just fun to talk about our figures, talk about collecting yeah. and, um, uh, and talk about the fun and, and positive sides of it. 
a hundred percent. I mean, one million percent. I, yeah, Love I, I, that gotta, outlook I gotta have it. to agree with you because there's already so much negativity in the world as it is, and you know, there's there's just uh, sorry technical difficulties. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that might happen again. I have a Bluetooth issue with this laptop. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. So there's just so much negativity, you know, in the world today as it is. And it's kind of nice to come into this community and just escape, you know what I mean? And just be away from all the BS, all the drama, and just have a place to talk about action figures or building friendships or, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, you can, uh, of course, have some, you know, real wrestling talk and, and things like that. But like, just, it's kind of nice to just hang out. Like, I love just scrolling through and just seeing somebody's, you know, collection. Mm-hmm. Like, it, even if it's not wrestling related, like, I, this is my Batman room, you know what I mean? So, it's just like, you know, stuff like that really intrigues me or Hot Wheels or cars or whatever, you know, just whatever yeah. anybody has. It's it's cool um, just to see what everybody's doing and collecting. And, you know, it's we're all, we're all just big kids in this group and like, why not just, <laughs> this is our playground. You know what I mean? Like, let's have fun and yep. just uh, enjoy each other's company and, and save the drama for your mama, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, you're, you're totally right. And uh, uh, I, I wish I had a better zoom background or a stream yard background for you, but um, uh, I'm not in my office doing this tonight because my office is uh, shares a wall with my 10 month old. So, uh. um, so I'm, I'm in my wife's office. So um, you get uh, you get good audio from me, but you uh, you get no cool figure shelf. I don't know, man. You, you got some major fitness challenge stuff going on back there. It's it looks true. pretty awesome. Uh, the, the Peloton, yeah, it's just, yeah. I pull that yeah. thing over and start riding it right now. Yeah, it's just a Peloton. But yeah, this, this is this is our um, our guest room slash my wife's office slash fitness center. I yeah. love it. I need one. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and that's a thing, like I said, you know, we all instantly agreed with your take on how Absolutely. you, uh, present yourself within the group. Cause I think it's very similar to how all of us do, you know, Jake does a little more, you know, with the major fitness challenge and, you know, that's a thing that the guys implemented of like, Hey, we can be a support system for each other to make sure people, you know, uh, stay on track or need help with things, you know, that those are the community aspects of the group. And, you know, there's every once in a while you'll, um, you'll see people bring up like, Oh, I miss the old days of the group and, you know, newer, uh, people, you know, might get, you know, maybe a little offended or, or, you know, because it's like, well, what do you mean? You know, the way it used to be. And it's, because it is a community aspect and you know as it's just the way that it is with anything the more something grows the more personalities uh come into the fold and you get people talking about just different things and and the way that the group used to be was like it was because there's not like a rule to it it was almost like an unwritten rule or a pact so to speak that everybody like no one really talked about the world of wrestling it was just action figures figures and collecting and all of that and everybody kind of just kept it like oh yeah yeah, you know like we can go talk about wrestling somewhere else and you know again just as things grow and and crazy things happen and it the nice thing about the community is so many people have become comfortable with each other that it feels like a safe space that you can then 
talk about kind of whatever you want. Right. Which then yeah, leads struggles to struggles in your personal life or whatever yep. it may be. I try and keep that stuff out of the group. If people need yep. that group as a support system for themselves, by all means, mm-hmm. um, you know, do what you got to do. Um, that's not my style. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I have other channels for that. Um, uh, therapy uh, among them. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah. But, um, but but yeah, um, uh, it, 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 I'm I'm glad that it, it feels like a safe space and supportive space for a lot of people yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah definitely, yeah. and yeah, I, I have to agree with that as well because you know I I try to never put any personal stuff out there. You know, even on my main regular Facebook page, I really I, I don't even go on that hardly. But um, you know, it's just it's one of those things. You know, you do see people posting. You know, they they just lost their job or they just got a promotion or what. You know, and it's like it's awesome. Right. You know that there's a lot of people that don't have that support system at home, or you know what, or in their real lives, and and they're able to use you know this this um, this uh, podcast group as an outlet for that, and that's that's awesome. And you know, again, we're that's you know that's one of the reasons we do what we do is to get you know people in the community involved with um, with one another and just you know kind of learn I mean, because. You know, you got, you know, sometimes it's anywhere from 1,500 to 2,000 people in this group. And, um, you know, that's, that's a lot of people that, uh, you know, you're not going to get to know everybody. So it's, it's nice to get everybody on here and, you know, just kind of introduce them to the world, which is, you know, kind of what we're doing with you here tonight. Because, uh, you know, we're here we're here to know Zach and uh, see what's going on with him and uh, hear his story. So, you know, definitely excited to have you on here and learn more about you. And, Billy, you said you, you have a... Uh, an inkling uh, that I had a history with Matt or Brian or both, or um, that yeah. I have interesting stories to, to to share. So I'm curious what you know about me already. Well, I I, I can't say that I know a lot. Um, I know that you did some sort of work with WWE.com, right? Uh, is what I'm assuming. Um, right. I don't know how much like social media stuff you did for them. Uh, or if it was mostly website, you know, I don't know exactly. Um, but like, you know, I think I just, I feel like through, you know, maybe little postings or something, um, you know, I observant and I have to like watch over the stuff in the group, uh, right. you know, or maybe the whatnot streams, you know, I, I pick up on, you know, Brian or Matt, you know, saying something about, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, a past occurrence. Right, 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 right. So, um, past that, I don't exactly know. And that's kind of what we're here to, to find okay. out about. So you worked for WWE. I did, uh, uh, from 2015, from 2011 to 2015, um, which is a longer stretch than most. Um, a lot of people, uh, barely make it beyond a cup of coffee. Um, I was lucky that I was not on the um, a creative team uh, specifically. I was on the digital content team. Um, was on the road a lot, um, doing a lot, doing a lot of that content. Um, my my beat, um, so to say, uh, when I was at WWE.com was on what was then called the classics section. Um, the, the classic section no longer exists after a couple redesigns of the site, um, but uh, it was basically a like a subsite of WWE.com that focused all on vintage wrestling. And I did all kinds of stories um, uh, about things of wrestling's past, a lot of oral histories, um, 
And uh, if we if we talk about any in particular, which I'm sure uh, will come up on this conversation, what I can do, Billy, is I can send you some of those links and you can include them in show notes or anything um, if people want to go back and um, and read anything that I wrote. Um, but uh, yeah, it was all, all kinds of stuff. Um, and, uh, and and the one I remember that uh, that Brian really loved was um, I did a story called What If ECW Didn't Close? And I interviewed a bunch of people, uh, Paul, of course, being one, Paul Heyman being one of them, um, talking about what would have happened if the company did not go out of business in 2001. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and we, we broke a little bit of news. The, the, the biggest piece of news that came out of that that I don't think had been mentioned in a public forum before was um, uh, Raw was on TNN at the time. Yep. And uh, Paul admitted basically that he was in conversations with the USA to put a 90 minute um, ECW show on the USA network. Wow. Um, and uh, I don't, I don't know if that had been revealed before. Um, uh, he talked a little bit about the wrestling style, how it would have shifted to probably a little bit more of like an MMA kind of style in ECW. Cause a lot of the hardcore stuff was kind of dying down sure. by that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I did a whole bunch of stories. Um, another one that, that people really seem to love is I did a story on uh, the Ribera Steakhouse in Japan um, and interviewed everyone from John Cena to Colt Cabana for that. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, yeah, so I kind of got a reputation for being really good at talking to talent, <clears throat> interviewing talent, getting good yeah. quotes and good stories. Um, and uh, yeah, I was lucky to kind of have that gig. Uh, for a long time, and um, uh, what I can, so l- let me let me tell you the story of how I how I met each of Matt and Brian um, at separate times. So is that all right? We'll, we'll rewind a little. Oh bit. yeah, absolutely. So um, the way I got my job at WWE, one of the ways I got my my gig there is before working for WWE, I was doing not as my um, a regular day job, but I was running a running and producing a pro wrestling parody show at, um, at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City, which is a fairly big deal improv comedy and yeah. sketch comedy uh, <laughs> theater. And um, was running that show uh, every week um, uh, it was 11 o'clock, uh, uh, on Thursday nights. So it had kind of a drunk rowdy kind of vibe to it. And we would, and, and yeah. we had like, uh, we had a, um, a, a parody pro wrestling league oh, wow. that, performed, okay. that performed every week. Um, started doing that in 2006 or 2007. Okay. Um, and in, in 2011, early 2011, I heard that my childhood hero, Mick Foley yeah. was trying to get into comedy. Oh, Mick wow. was my guy when I was, you know, 15 <laughs> yeah, years old or whatever. Sure. Um, huge Foley obsessive. Oh, yeah. So um, I reached out to Mick, uh, like on Twitter DM or something. I don't even remember. And uh, we got in touch. And I told him, hey, I run this show. Um, would love to have you participate. Would you be interested in coming down to the UCB theater? And uh, he came to do our show one week. Our, wow. Wow. Our, random thursday night he, he came in and um uh crowd went nuts oh, I mean, <laughs> you know, so he our, wasn't like on the card or anything he just showed up randomly 
no, we hinted on social media okay, that, okay, that, okay. that he may be there, but gotcha, no, we didn't, gotcha. we didn't advertise okay. him. And you got to remember, the, the, mostly, most of the people who would come to our show every week um, were not, you know, wrestling diehards. They sure. were um, a lot of comedy fans, improv students, sure. uh, uh, people who were training at the theater, things of that nature. Okay. But everyone knows who, you know, mankind right. is, right? So, um, so he came out massive pop right and he did yeah. all kinds of bits with us throughout the night little comedy bits wow and he had such an amazing fun time uh this was in october of 2011 that's okay. when he finally came to perform with us um i uh, uh i had a conversation with him where um he said uh, he said to me hey i, I would love to come back nice. can i come back i said sure what do you have in mind and he, and he said well next month Survivor Series is at Madison Square Garden. UCB Theater is a five-block walk from the Garden, yeah, uh, five blocks south in Manhattan. Yeah. Why don't we do a post-show at the UCB Theater at midnight after the Survivor Series? And uh, so I said, yeah, let me let me talk to the powers that be yeah. at the theater. Um, got it approved, got it all worked out, and on the night of Survivor Series 2011, we did this show. Wow. Um, at, uh, at uh, the UCB theater. Um, and it was kind of this late night kind of uh, Mick would do stand up. We would do some of our little wrestling bits from the cast yeah. of comedians that would do our weekly <laughs> show. And Mick invited some of the talent sure. um, to, to come watch the show. So um, that is when I met uh, Dolph, uh, who also became a friend. Um, Matt came down and John Morrison came down. Um, the and, uh, yeah, the yeah. yeah, and um, uh, uh, Brian was not there that night. Um, and uh, uh, when we did that show, I th either I already had my job at WWE and I had not started yet, mm -hmm. um, or it was kind of in you know. conversation, it was in okay. the works. Sure. Um, I was working at Digital at a company in Brooklyn, um, before going to WWE. Um, so essentially WW, when we did that first show with Mick, um, yeah. it got quite a bit of buzz, sure. um, on uh, the internet wrestling community and, um, uh, WWE got wind of it and very long story short, I'll make this part very short. Yeah. Uh, WWE called me up and said, Hey, would you ever be interested in working here? And, uh, the conversation kind of started from there. Um, they were, I think they were impressed with the kind of stuff that I was doing at, uh, at the UCB saw that I had gotten Mick to do the show yeah. and, and I had a history in digital, uh, as well. So, uh, so yeah, they, they brought me on. Too. Yeah. And then about, about 10 months after I started, um, at WWE, um, Colt who, yeah. uh, had become a friend, um, uh, through comedy circles, um, uh, was doing a fairly popular public access show in New York um, that had a bit of a cult following. Mm -hmm. So I went down to check him out on that show, was in the live audience for that, and uh, and he had invited um, uh, Brian and Alex Reynolds uh, okay. to, that, to that performance. So met Brian that night. We all went out drinking in Hell's Kitchen after the show. And, uh, and then when I would go backstage after that, working for WWE, I had those connections with Matt and Brian already. Wow. So yeah, man, that's awesome. And we've and lost like, Billy. What happened to Billy? 
Uh, Billy had a little internet connection issue, but uh, we, okay. we're going to keep rolling. He'll he'll join back in as, as soon as he can. But uh, but yeah, that's that's an incredible story, man. I mean, uh, just to you, you know, you, you talk about Mick Foley too. Like I, I don't know you. You definitely would know, but um, I, I mean, I know he does like stand up stuff now and all this, but I don't know if he did anything prior to that. So if not, like you, in a sense, would have been responsible for kind of getting no. started. No, 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 do, no, no. Did he do some of he, that before? Yeah, he, he was okay. already doing stand up. Right. Um, OK. OK. Really, yeah. Really, this is my whole story. Welcome back. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Mick, Mick was already doing stand up. Uh, yeah. As a matter of fact, before he did my show, mm-hmm. um, I had gone to see him uh, do his material at a comedy club out in Long Island. Okay. Uh, I, I think it was Governor's, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a fairly well-known comedy club on Long Island. Gotcha. Um, and um, uh, met Dan Barry that night, I remember. Oh, Dan wow. Barry, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, so, yeah, he had been doing it for a while. Okay. Yeah, um, I wasn't aware that he was doing that prior because I knew, you know, I've heard some, you know, obviously over the last, you know, 10 years or so that he was kind of hitting some clubs here and there and, you know, doing some mm-hmm. stand up, and it was kind of like, Oh, that's cool. And, you know, and then, uh, but I don't really remember anything, you know, not that I was like paying attention to that stuff back then anyway, but uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember hearing anything prior to like, you know, 2010, 11, 12, you know, in that era. So, well, to, to yeah. go off to, I was going to say to, to go off of that, to kind of change something on your question, Jake, I, I, what I was yeah. thinking of when you told your story was that you maybe influenced Ziggler to start doing like the Caroline's uh, like the improv shows that he started, like, cause you know, he started doing those later. So I was going to say, maybe you're the one who got them kind of, you know, when yeah. Matt and John and, and Dolph went to that show, maybe you, you sparked an interest in like improv and doing, you know, kind of stand up comedy improv in front of a live audience. Cause that, that's what popped I, well, in my head. Why well, look, uh, here's what I'll say. I certainly don't want to take credit for, <laughs> for Nick's comedy career. Sure, um, sure. But uh, yeah, maybe I sparked something that night when he came yeah. to see our, our wrestling show yeah. and, he, and he realized that, uh, that wrestling and comedy had, um, had a, had a Good place match. for a, a blending. Right. But um uh, uh, but no, I think, I think Dolph was going to do comedy regardless. regardless. You know, he's, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he's a super hilarious guy. As a matter of fact, the last, <laughs> this is true. The very last piece that I worked on when I was at WWE, um, it was actually published on the site after I was already gone from the company, um, is a piece called Dolph Ziggler is funnier than you. Um, and, uh, you can go and, and you can yeah. Google it. I encourage you to read it. To, and it was an interview with Dolph, um, about his burgeoning comedy career. Okay. And, uh, and we had this idea to do, I don't know if you've seen it, GQ and some other magazines have done these kind of photo shoots where you take a really sophisticated comedian and you put them in like really hacky, fo- um, uh, photo situations. So we did this photo shoot with, um, with Dolph where he was posing with very clear cliche comedy props like a rubber chicken and a whoopee <laughs> cushion and like a ch- like chattering teeth you know yeah. and um uh, uh and so that that so i we had this idea for this uh photo shoot to go along with with the the, the writing piece and um it, it all got published after i was gone from the company so it's kind of nice to to see that uh 
uh, I, I had a legacy. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's Billy. Awesome. What did you think of my story? Well, <laughs> can you please grade him? <laughs> the pieces that I heard were pretty nice, but the other problem that I've been having is because we had all these crazy snowstorms, and they've made our internet not good either. So, hey, Billy, uh, how's your internet? Not good. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, did. Did we? Did you happen to? So last I heard, you were like setting up stuff with Paul Heyman and ECW conversations. Did you happen to get into, um, like maybe? Did you have any work with with Matt at at the time? You know, with did you talk about that? Did, did I work with Matt when I was at the company? Uh, well, yeah, but did you talk about ECW? that while I was gone? Oh. No, no, we, no, we didn't really. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I, I didn't do a ton of work with with Matt and Brian when I was at the company, but um, I definitely interviewed them both on several occasions uh, for different pieces okay. that we were working on. Um, one of the biggest pieces that I produced um, when I was at the company was right around the time that the WWE Network was launching. And the idea was... Let's put, we'd always dreamed about doing a list like this. And the launch of the network gave us an excuse to do it, which was 100 matches to see before you die. Yeah. And um, uh, the hook was you could now watch all of these matches on the WWE network. So it yeah. had a bit of a marketing tie in to yeah. it. And um, uh, it was a, a team effort. A lot of people on the, on the digital team at that time uh, helped uh, work on that. Um, I would assign matches to other digital producers at the company and they would write a little blurb about the match. And then, you know, there would be a link to go and watch the match. Um, and, uh, I was the lead producer of this enormous piece. And one of the things that I did is I'd be backstage and I would go up to talent <clears throat> and I would hand them a lit the list of the hundred matches and i would say hey which of these matches do you feel particularly strongly about um and uh, and would you like to talk about it would you like to say a few words about it so i'm pretty sure that that matt contributed to that piece um uh i'll try and do some research while we're um on the stream here to see if i can find the match that he talked sure. about but a lot of pieces like that um okay. You know, um, we did a piece about uh, which wrestler of all time did our current talent think was an underrated wrestler. So hmm. would would go up to random talents and and ask, "Hey, who who do you think is the most underrated?" So I'm not sure if um, uh, if if I interviewed either of them for a piece like that or okay. a piece like, "Hey, what was your favorite match that you ever wrestled?" Um, ma uh, pieces that um, that required me speaking with uh multiple of the boys yeah so a lot of what you did it sounds like was was working on articles yeah okay. yeah uh the 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 social media team you know it, it's it's crazy to think about you know how much um our internet experience has changed even since <laughs> i've left the company nine yeah. years ago you know when i left the company desktop content was still a fairly big deal yeah. I mean, from what I understand of the people that I know that still work in that department, it's moved almost entirely to social. 
right? When I was there, the social team was really small. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple people. Uh, you know, a couple people on the road and a couple people in the office. And how's it? Um, so there were a couple of times that I worked on um, on social, and it was mostly times when I had to fill in for someone uh, okay. on the road who couldn't go out on the road um, uh, at, for their typical gig. So I'd go out and um, and I would do you know on the go social content at uh, at live events, for example, at, at house shows. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know I would I would run and be, you know, gonna be crouched down at ringside and and taking pictures and you know posting it as oh, an exclusive okay. to social and stuff like that. So I did that a few times, um, but but yeah, mostly doing uh, desktop content. The other big thing I worked on that that was really neither social uh, nor desktop content was there was a period. I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a period after the the original WWE app launched, not the network. This predates the network. When they launched the WWE app, um, one of the key features um, that they were promoting was a second screen experience. So you could be watching Raw mm-hmm. or watching SmackDown, oh, have your iPad yeah. or iPhone in your hand, and you would get a complimentary stream of kind of content pods and graphics um, to go along with um, what you were uh watching on your tv i don't um, think i was, ever could get it to work <laughs> i recall really, it, i remember trying I remember to do that. it well, that's because you got crappy internet billy <laughs> nah, that's jeez <Yeah>. man it worked great it did work great so yeah. um i was actually surprised at how well it worked but but it did work great so there'd be polls and trivia questions and mm. other little activities that you could participate in and you know and tap on as you were watching the show so there was a brief period that i was doing that as well okay um, and that was crazy because you really couldn't build out that second screen experience until we knew what was happening in the show that night so as you may have heard, scripts change until the very last second. Oh. So we would get the scripts really late. Oh, wow. um, and then we'd have to produce this whole second screen experience, you know, within a matter of a couple hours. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was that was a very stressful period. Yeah, so that that's a pretty yeah. interesting thing to have to deal with is on the go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just how much things change on the fly like that. And you know, how many times were there, like, was it, was it usually kind of last minute like that? Like just at, like before the show's about to start. So you're kind of there for, for that. Or are you getting, like you said, these scripts hours before or days before, and you have all this yeah. stuff planned to then have to oh, change, it. change it right now. <laughs> oh man. Um, when I was working on the second screen experience, um, we would typically get the script uh, a couple hours before we okay. went to air. Okay. Uh, an hour or two before the show was going to air. So we had very limited time yeah. to produce. So I would have to almost do some guest work, uh, some guesswork. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I... I, I assume there's going to be, you know, a Bray Wyatt segment on the show. So let's work on a piece of Wyatt family content. Um, gotcha. And then we could, you know, maybe tweak it a little bit once we knew exactly what the Wyatt family was doing on the show. Then we could, um, you know, go to our graphic design team and say, hey, we learned about this. You know, can you can you change what we wanted to do a little bit? So um, hmm. we would have to kind of plan out as much as we could. Um, without the script and then when the script would come in we'd kind of fill in the gaps 
Um, okay. When we would do pay-per-views, so so for pay-per-views, for example, um, there were occasions when um, I would be with the rest of the digital content team in the Stanford offices, and we would cover the pay-per-view almost like a uh, like a newsroom. Um, different ones of us would be assigned to a specific match. Um, so, okay, Linda, you've got uh, Jack Swagger versus Alberto Del Rio tonight. So, um, so I'd be in charge of. Uh, everything surrounding that match for the digital content for the evening. So um, I'd have to, you know, watch the match really carefully, write the results for it, um, put together the photo gallery of that match. If there were going to be um, exclusive videos or clips, I would be responsible for that. Right. So um, when I was in the office, we would cover it like that. And um, uh, that uh, in those circumstances we would get the script more in advance because pay-per-views were you know mm -hmm. they, they tended to be a little bit more etched in stone um uh so we would get there um the team of us around five o'clock eastern time and you know we'd all order dinner and it was a little bit of like a party atmosphere and we you know we we eat our you know baked ziti or whatever we ordered and um uh, and then we'd all watch the show together <clears throat> And, uh, and then the show would end and some of our content already went up and was published during the show, obviously, as the show's going on. And, um, and then we did cleanup, um, on the website until around 1am or so. And then I was living in Brooklyn at the time. So, um, I would have to head all the way back to Brooklyn at 1am and, oh, and then be back in, and then be back in the office on Monday morning. Oh, um, so I don't know if you, you're from, I don't know where you guys are based. If you're familiar with Northeast geography, but Stanford well, to Brooklyn is not exactly around the corner. Um, our lives in Connecticut. Yeah. I, oh, awesome. I, yeah. I drive to, um, to long Island, you know, for cap, uh, creator pro practices. So I know that drive okay. oh, too well. <laughs> I know 95 engineers drive very well. Um, uh, but, um, where, where in Connecticut are you? Husfar? I'm in Sandy hook. Okay. Um, my, uh, my, my wife is from Stratford. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I'm... Uh, in the, in the Trumbull Bridgeport area. Yes. Yeah. I'm right there. I'm like 20 minutes away from right there. Yeah. I know it yep. all too well. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but, I've never uh, been, by the way. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, it was, um, it was tiring. Um, and then when, um, when I was at the show, if I was on the road, um, occasionally I would be assigned a match. Um, all the other content that I would be working on that, that day would be, um, uh, interviewing talent, things that I could really only get in person, um, and building relationships with talent and other executives. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of the, uh, um, uh, the, 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 the breakdown, but I, what I will tell you, this is, this is kind of interesting. I was, I was actually just telling this story to someone, um, down in Tampa over, over rumble weekend. Um, the biggest pop, you know, we would watch the show in the newsroom. We're all, a lot of us were fans, not everybody, but, a, but a lot of people on the team were, were wrestling fans. That's why they were working. That's why we were working there. Right. The number one biggest pop that I ever heard legitimately in the newsroom was, the WrestleMania, I think it was WrestleMania 29. It was the first Andre Battle Royal. And the finish of that match was Cesaro mm -hmm. 
slamming show over the top rope to win it. And when he hoisted show up into the air, all of us went nuts yeah. in the newsroom. It was just a really, really exciting moment. Um, so that was the, that was the most excited I ever heard um, our department. But um, uh, but yeah, have all kinds of wild and crazy stories from that whole period. Wow, that's awesome. Jeez, <laughs> it, it's cool to hear like that portion of it as well. Like. Or some, you know, this could just be another day at the office and it's like, okay, well, you know, something happened in a match, you know, or whatever. But like, it seems yeah. like, you know, you had a, a pretty good team of people that were like into it. Yeah. And genuinely connected. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'll give you a really fun day at the office. You want a really good day at the office story? Oh, yeah. I'd love Hell, it. yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This is um, uh, this is the story that, that most people find uh, the, the most interesting. Okay. So... Um, uh, I worked on this piece called The Night the Change Wrestler. And uh, the idea behind the, the piece was uh, about the January 4th, 1999 episodes of Raw and Nitro. And if you know your wrestling history, you know that that was the night that uh, Mankind won the title for the first time and Nitro counter-programmed with the finger poke of doom. Right. Oh, yeah. So, um, I, dude, it's funny you say that because I literally just thought about that yesterday. I was like, I don't know why somebody, and I hate to cut you off. I don't, I don't mean to, but it just That's somebody fun. had something had popped up like WCW Nitro or something. And I remember flipping between USA and TNT, you know, every, every Monday night. And, but I remember as soon as Tony Giovanni said, Oh, don't even flip over to the other channel. You know, Mick Foley or whatever, you know, he's going to win the belt, you know, so there's no point going over there. And I was like, that motherfucker. And then I just, I hit this, I hit the channel and I watched Mick win the title, you know, and it was just like, damn, you know, but, yeah, it, uh, it, it obviously yeah. backfired and, you know, sure, and, sure. and raw, raw never looked back. And, right. uh, you know, raw, raw was already beating nitro, um, uh, fairly consistently at that point. Yeah, but that, I think that that, that night, yeah, it was sure. the nail in the coffin. It was sort of the spiritual turning point. Um, of the Monday Night Wars. And um, so the idea was let's focus in on this night mm -hmm. and um, I'll interview Mick um, and I'll interview Nash. Yeah. And um, and then what I'll do, I'll interview them separately and then I'll edit it together. So when you read it, oh, it wow. reads almost like a roundtable discussion. Oh, right? cool. So um, I want to, yeah, I want to see the, this. That's cool. <laughs> the piece is still live. So um, awesome. You know, Go on your Google machine and type in, you know, the night that changed wrestling, www.com, something like that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you'll find it. So um, in, in those days, um, I'll give you a little peek behind the curtain and how the sausage gets made. Um, we were supposed <laughs> to go through talent relations if we wanted to talk to um, a talent, either retired or active. We didn't always do that mm -hmm. um, because it was – pain in the butt they'd want to they'd you know tr would ask a million questions you know and we just wanted to do what we wanted to do so um uh, our whole um mo was uh let's ask for forgiveness rather than permission right sure. so um one of the key ways that we would get in touch with former talent was through our wwe digital colleagues joey styles and howard finkel yeah. Um, uh, I miss Howard a lot. Um, he was 
um, an amazing guy, a close yeah. friend, and um, uh, everything you've ever heard about him is true. Um, just a really, really incredible guy. Yeah. And uh, and when I left the company, he gave me a, a big hug, and I'll, and I'll always cherish that. Um, yeah. there's, a, there's a great photo of, of me with Howard wearing Zubaz. Um, oh, I awesome. love, that, love that photo. Yeah, and you can tell um, he, he was just such a genuine sweetheart, too. You know he what was. I mean? I mean, just yep. one of the, uh, one, yeah. I mean, my wife and I, we used to watch the um, Legends House all the time. Yeah. You know, you, you could just see it right there, how he was. He was he was just a sweetheart, man, you know. And, and I can so. tell you when, um, so he filmed Legends House when I was working there, and we would ask around, oh, hey, nice. Howard? How, haven't seen Howard in a few weeks. You know, where's he been? Is he sick? Is he all right? Yeah. Oh, Howard? Howard's on assignment. That's what they told us. But he nice. was actually off okay. shooting Legends House. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> but, um, and there's this there's this great moment in the show where um, uh, some of the other legends um, ridicule Howard for not being a worker and never taking bumps, and Piper yeah. st sticks up for Howard. Um, yep. Hey, uh, Howard worked in the office for many years and took care of us. You know, you don't you don't shit on this guy. And right. it, it was great to see Piper do that because obviously yeah. Piper um, commands a lot of respect. But anyway. Um, in, in, for this particular case, we asked Howard uh, to put us in touch with uh, with Nash. Um, so he was the connection of how we got in touch with Kevin and um, ended up doing this whole piece. In my interview with Kevin Nash, um, he used the term smart marks. Hmm. And of course, we can't print an insidery term uh, a kayfabe term like smart marks. Right. So um, uh, we uh, we had to change it um, to a term and put it in brackets. You know how they do that in articles? Um, they'll put something in brackets when it's not the exact thing that's been said. Got um, it. So we, we changed it to something that we felt had the same implication or connotation of, um, of smart marks. <laughs> which was know-it-all fans, okay? <laughs> know-it-all fans. So whenever Kevin mentioned smart marks <laughs> in my interview, I would transcribe it in the written article as know-it-all fans, okay? That was what my editors told me to go with, okay? Yeah. So the piece goes up on, I don't know, a Friday, um, oh, no. a Thursday or a Friday, maybe on Saturday, and the piece gets a lot of traction over the weekend starts being shared on Twitter, this and that. And, you know, oh, Kevin man. already, I think, had a little bit of a reputation on social media of being a, a little cranky, maybe a little bit bitter, upset about what um, fans had would say about him about that period of wrestling. Sure. Um, and people start getting on his case on Twitter, I think, being like, hey, why are you calling us know-it-all fans? <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So Monday morning, maybe it was Monday afternoon, I can't remember. I'm sitting at my desk. I hear behind me Howard Finkel. Oh, uh, Zach, uh, <laughs> Kevin Nash on the line for you. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that has to be the coolest the, thing ever. Or the, I mean, scariest, like, like, or the scariest well, thing ever. But just like scariest thing ever. the fake's voice so, is like announcing your phone calls for you. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, your phone. And that part's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah, that is cool. <laughs> and... New phone call. <laughs> um, yeah, so yes. so I say, Howard, can you? All right, uh, do you want to transfer him over to my line? And Howard's like, I don't know how to do that. So, <laughs> so 
So I walk over to Howard's desk and I take the question. Hello, Mr. Nash, you know, and um, everyone in the office heard Howard come over to my desk and tell me that Kevin Nash was on the line for me. So, so of course, like, oh, everybody's like, what's oh, going on? <laughs> so everybody's kind of like peering over their cubicles, you know, like, oh, what's, what's, you know, what's happening? So Kevin is extremely angry, but not yelling, which is even scarier. Yeah. Yikes. And he, you know, he said, why did you do this? You know, I didn't say that. Um, uh, I, I, I was, I was profusely apologizing. I'm so sorry, Mr. Nash. Would you like us to print a retraction? Would you like to do a follow-up interview? Um, we're willing to do anything to make this right. And he essentially said to me, nope, the damage has been done. What's done is done. I'm going to call Paul and we're going to get this taken care of. So I'm thinking to myself, great. Kevin Nash is calling his click buddy, Triple H. And I'm getting fired. I'm getting fired today. That's all there is to it. So hang up the phone. My boss calls me into a conference room, says what just transpired on the phone. Um, and I, I, I recounted the conversation for him. He said, okay, okay, okay. Don't worry. I'm going to talk to my boss. Now I'm withholding names because it's not important who they are. No, and no, I don't no. want to bring them up into it. If they, especially if they work for the company right. or whatever. Yeah, we don't need it, any of that. Yeah, Th- these individuals actually do not. They do not well, work for the company but still, anymore. But, but still, I understand. <laughs> you know, we're not a dirt sheet. You know, right. show. So, not yet. Um, so yeah. So uh, my boss uh, went to his boss, um, and who who I also obviously worked very closely with, um, and he reported. I think at that time reported directly into Steph, um, oh, but God. also, but you know, reported into Triple H on kind of a dotted oh. line basis as well. So scary, so, dude. Um, <laughs> But he had great relationships with them both. Great relationships That's with them both. That's a good sign. Yeah. And he calls up Paul and says, hey, this just happened with a kid on my team. Um, wanted to give you the heads up before you hear from Kevin. And apparently, I heard this all secondhand later, but apparently what Paul said to my boss's boss was, don't worry. That's just Kevin being Kevin. When Kevin calls me, I'll handle Kevin. Don't worry about it. And that piece that you published on www.com, that's the kind of stuff that we need to be doing on the website. That's the kind of content that we that we need to kind of um, uh, assert our um, authority of, of, of the wrestling business. So um, nothing ended up happening and um, never spoke to Kevin Nash again until just a few months ago oh, when... I went to an autograph signing. Yeah. To get one of my figures signed to bring this full circle. You uh, you might have posted about this, right? Yes, I yes. did. Yeah. Oh, I, I recall the I meeting that at post. least. Whether yeah. I don't know what happened in it, but <laughs> I totally forgot I posted about that. Yeah. So I waited in line to get an autograph from Kevin Nash. Um, <laughs> Were you nervous while you're waiting? <laughs> <laughs> no, Were you like, I'm going to bring oh, it up? Like you're, yeah. I mean, it <laughs> yeah. was so, so long ago. Oh, you did? Okay. I knew no, I I knew I was gonna bring it up. Oh. So I I got to the front of the line, he signed my I made sure to get my signature first. Right? <laughs> of course. Um, handed the figure back to me. We chit-chatted about the figure a little bit. Sure. And um and I said, you know, Kevin, this is not the first time that we've spoken. You know, we've never met in person. <laughs> um 
but I want to apologize to you. Okay. I yeah. said, what do you want to apologize for? And I told him the whole story. He stands up. You son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, and, oh, man. This is, I and, love this. And he said, you know what? Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. Water under the <laughs> water under the bridge. Nice. Um, thank you for the apology. And he extended his hand, and we shook hands. Oh, wow. Awesome, man. And um, it was nice to get that closure. That's Good. awesome. Um, I'll tell you one more quick story. These um, are great. So whatever you yeah, want to tell, yeah. you know, that's <laughs> this is well. This is one in particular that Brian likes. I don't know if Brian <laughs> listens to this show, but if but if he if he hears it, he he know he will know this story as soon as I start telling it. Okay, so. One of the pieces I put together was even more controversial. And when it was published, it was called The Ring of Honor Influence. And the headline photograph that we used for the story was an old ROH photo of uh, Tyler Black shaking hands with Claudio Castagnoli. And it said the, the Ring of Honor Influence. And the story was about all of these guys who had kind of cut their teeth in Ring of Honor, who were now becoming big stars in WWE. You know, Rollins and Cesaro and Punk, you you name it, right? Um, So the story went up, um, and I interviewed all these guys. Um, And I also interviewed Cabana for it, because Cabana was a buddy. And I always liked putting Colt on the website wherever I could figure out a place to do it. Yeah. Um, and I interviewed Gabe Sapolsky, um, who, for those listening who do not know Gabe Sapolsky, he was one of the founders of Ring of Honor and is kind of considered kind of the um, uh, the brain of the, the Ring of Honor booking of those early days and uh, got his perspective on everything. You know, I asked him questions about how do you feel about these guys becoming big stars in WWE. Goes up on the website. From what I understand, Triple H goes to WWE.com one day and sees the Ring of Honor influence up on the website and flips his lid and calls um, that same guy who we were just talking about, my boss's boss. What the fuck is this? What what are we doing? Um, So we had to do a few things fairly immediately. Um, One was um, scrubbing a few people from the story Mm. um i forget who we had to i think we had to remove colt i think we had to remove evan Bourne. pardon me um i think we had to remove evan Bourne because i think that um he hadn't been on tv in a long time and i think he was um be released um and uh and a few other things and we had to change the headline from the ring of honor influence to the indie influence so we were not specifically promoting this Start other wrestling company. Sure. Yeah, right? So wow. in the wake of that story. So technical, right? Everything's so, you have to be, I get it, but well, it's that's crazy. Important. You it's know, crazy. And, and anybody who's a wrestling fan knows how important the nomenclature is of everything in wrestling, right? right. Um, right. But, but, but don't ask me what the difference is between a hardcore <laughs> match and a street fight. But... Um, <laughs> uh, but in, in, in the in the wake of that controversy, essentially what happened was Triple H requested to have a meeting with me. Um, and I was told not to worry about it. He just wants to chat and give some of his perspective on wrestling um, and his perspective on that story in particular. 
um, and we had this great conversation. Um, you know, I think everybody loves Triple H now. I think at that time, you know, this was probably pre heyday of NXT. Um, he was not quite as beloved. Probably WrestleMania 19 still fresh in everyone's minds. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, no one loves wrestling as much as Triple H. Everybody knows that now, right? Um, and we had this awesome conversation. It was great to hear some of his perspectives on different things in wrestling. Um, and he, he said this thing to me that I will never forget. He's trying to um, prove his markiness to me, right? So what he says to me is, you think I don't know about this stuff like Ring of Honor, all these indies? I know about Ring of Honor. I know about Dragon's Gate. Oh, wow. So he says, and I, it was hard for me to stop from laughing, but I think the, <laughs> one of the first people I told after I had that meeting was Brian and I told him that story and he lost his damn mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that, that, that was a fun story as well. Um, uh, th there, there was another instance where um, John Cena needed to be interviewed for something. And apparently he requested me to be the person to interview him, which was wow. very flattering. Um uh, I guess he liked me from the few interactions that we had backstage together. Also, he was notorious for never giving anyone the time of day, and he would give me the time of day That's for whatever awesome. reason. Um, awesome guy, by the way. John Cena rules. Um, anybody that shits on John Cena doesn't understand wrestling. Um, <clears throat> and uh, when and John Cena finally hangs up the boots, um, we're all re going to regret not appreciating him more. Oh, he dude. is. Let me let me just explain something about John Cena. <laughs> I love the Fast and the Furious. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> and my man, John Cena, was in the Fast and the Furious. So he is an all time great, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> and I'm part of the Chain Gang Click. At least you know pick saying? Peacemaker. I got, I got that. I got that CD. I, dude, I watch Peacemaker. I got that CD <laughs> too. You know, I'm a bad, bad man. That's that's my jam. Okay. So I'll tell you my favorite John Cena story. Okay. Um, this is one that I've actually never told publicly. Um, so I was backstage at Raw one day. It was, uh, I think, a, a Raw at the Barclays Center. Um, I'm actually not positive it was a Raw, but we were backstage at Barclays. And, um, and uh, uh, Bobby Moynihan and Taryn Killam from SNL were yeah. sitting at ringside. Um, and Bobby was an old friend from doing comedy. Bobby was actually... He played one of our wrestling characters in my uh -huh. UCB uh, uh, parody oh, wrestling wow. parody show. Huh. Nice. So Bobby was an old friend, and I and I saw him sitting ringside. So I went over, I you know said hello during the show, and you know went backstage. Um, when John Cena made his entrance, instead of tossing his hat or shirt or whatever into the crowd as he typically did, he gave his hat to Bobby Moynihan. And nice. put it right on Bobby's head. Oh, that's awesome. So when John came backstage, I went up to him. I said, John, you know, you know, Bobby. And John goes, Bobby, Bobby, big dick Moynihan. Guys, <laughs> like a cannon. But so it turns out. So it turns out that, you know, obviously John was just ribbing, but, um, he uh, 
he <laughs> knew Bobby because they had just shot the movie Sisters together oh. with Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, um, where they, they both had small parts in the movie. Mm. Um, so they had become friends on the set of that movie, and that's why Bobby was sitting at ringside to begin with. Nice. So <laughs> one of my favorite John Cena stories, there was another case. Uh, so if you follow John on Instagram, you know that he posts basically random images with yes. no caption, right? That's his Instagram. Um, so one of the pieces that I had interviewed John for was that oral history of the Ribera Steakhouse um, mm. that I mentioned earlier. Mm. And I had remembered when I was working on that piece, I remembered that there was a house show in Japan years prior where both John and Punk wore their Ribera Steakhouse jackets to the ring, like a ring jacket. So I asked, I interviewed John about that and I asked him, you know, what do you eat at the restaurant? Things like that. So he loved that I asked him about that. That's cool. So um, shortly after that, he started really gearing up his Instagram. And I remember I was at the garden. I was working a show at the garden and um I went up to John and uh, we, we, we were chit-chatting a little bit. And I said, hey, I just want to let you know I, I love what you're doing on Instagram. Super esoteric and, you know, and, and vague. And he said, just trying to keep it random, man. And <laughs> he says, you know, and he, and he says to me, you know what? I'm going to post something later just for you. And later that day on John's Instagram was the Ribera Steakhouse logo. Oh, and I knew that's... and I knew that that was a, a little insider message. This is for Zach. So, um. Yeah, awesome guy. Can't speak highly enough of John. Wow, very great. very cool. I love yeah, it. Yeah, man, that's um, incredible. I feel like we could get like all these like just great stories that make us all just go, "Oh my gosh!" Like tell me more. I was like that. Let me go. Well, get no, I know. Oh, uh, it's fantastic. It feels uh, like awesome. ancient history now because you know I've been gone from the company now for almost nine years. Yeah. Um, and 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 most of the people that I worked with are gone. Sure. Uh, even even most of the talent that I was um, yeah. closest with are now gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, of my of of my, of who I consider friends or people that I was friendly with um, on the roster. You know, Dolph was kind of the last guy. Yeah. Um. Uh. But uh, yeah. So almost everyone's gone at this point. Crazy. Wow. Uh. So you you know you mentioned that uh, you know some stand up. Um. You did you do comedy for a while or something or so I, I think we talked about this when you were having your oh, internet issues yeah well, but, i'll go um, back and i'll listen i'll listen later just um, as the cliff's notes to kind of bring you up to speed yeah. um one of the ways that i got my foot in the door at wwe is i did a comedy wrestling show got at it. a uh, at a fairly prominent comedy theater in new york and I got Mick Foley to come do that show. Okay, so I heard the Foley buzz. and the Dolph stuff. Okay, yeah. that makes sense now. Gotcha. But but I never did stand up myself. I did a lot of improv comedy. I did a lot of sketch comedy. Um, but but never did uh, traditional stand up. No. And you know when you mentioned you know working in improv and all that, like I mean I, it's it's improv, but like <laughs> I imagine to some degree that you know um at least prior to you know going up and you know putting you know helping put on a show or whatever comes you know some form of creative oh, yeah. writing um, oh yeah well well our our wrestling show um at the ucb theater was not an improv show um, got it. ucb was primarily an improv theater 
Um, oh, but, but okay. this show was was very, you know, planned out to a T. It needed to be, and and every week we would do a funny, goofy, choreographed wrestling match okay. with um, wrestling characters that were played by. Um, improv and sketch comedians that were a part of the UCB scene, the UCB God. community. And I remember when Mick came to do our show, one of the characters that, that he worked with was my buddy, Matt Little. Um, and Matt played a character called Wall Street. Um, and it was, you know, a very like, you know, financy um, type of character and it used all of the kind of New York finance guy cliches and tropes one of which was um, he would like do a bunch of blow he would like take out a bag of coke and like do a bunch of blow and it would make him go crazy and he would be become really violent right um, so um, uh, that was one of the spots in the match and Mick says to us hey what if you blow the cocaine in my face? <laughs> and we all just kind of like, it was such an amazing suggestion and it was so hilarious. And we all just kind of looked at each other, you know, a whole bunch of wrestling nerd comedians looking at each other backstage, practicing this match being like, I cannot believe that this is my life that Mick Foley just suggested that we <laughs> blow cocaine in his face <laughs> as a part of a bit. <clears throat> Um, and then it was great to, you know, when I was working with WWE, um, I worked a lot with Mick. So yeah. it was, um, it was great uh, that we had that history because yeah. he felt really comfortable talking to me. Um, my, my favorite piece that I worked on with Mick was leading up to his Hall of Fame induction. Mm. And it was called Mick Foley's Dirty Dozen. Mm. And we picked, I think, 12 of his wildest matches and i just interviewed mick about each one um and it is if you go back and read that piece it's super fun because he talks about matches that obviously now he had the podcast and everything so he's, he's talked about this a lot more in depth but at that time he hadn't talked about a lot of these matches in depth sure. my favorite of which was um over the edge 98 which was mm -hmm. dude love versus austin where you know, Vince is the referee. I think Patterson is the timekeeper and Briscoe is the announcer. And it was all, it's all rigged against Austin, right? And yep. it's an awesome match. It's one of my favorite, you know, um, non, you know, WrestleMania uh, pay-per-view okay. matches. And uh, it was really fun to talk to him about all those, you know, he talked about King of the Death match. He talked about a crazy match that he had with Sabu. Um, really, really fun to talk to Mick about that. Um, and then, of course, I, I covered... Uh, his Hall of Fame induction at the Garden. I got to be backstage wow. at the Garden that night, um, and uh, I'll, you know, I've got a lot of good stories about that night. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a few of them. We're real, we're running really long on time, by the way. Is that all right? Uh, we usually go around this time to another ten or so minutes, so okay. it's kind of whatever fine. we go with. Yeah. It's fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know that the, the the major boys they'll go for four hours if no one. No, we usually them. don't do that. <laughs> I think I think our max was three at one time. You know, it's funny. I, I, I told Matt once, you know, I said, you know, Matt is a little tip, you know, um, you might want to keep it, you know, an hour, hour 15 yeah. every week. You know, I think you'd, you'd probably get more listeners. And he shot me down instantly. I, no, no way. What are you talking about, man? Are you people, people, 
<laughs> and what do I know? He's they've got a successful thing going, but um, uh, so I was clearly very wrong on that. But um, uh, great memories from that night in particular at the Garden. Um, you know, I was I was covering um, mix induction, so I was right behind Gorilla when Terry Funk finished his induction speech for Mick and Terry came to the back through Gorilla and I was there waiting there with a recorder to get some quotes from Terry. Yeah. And Terry put his arm around me and just started telling me how much, you know, cap cap just meant so much to me and um, <laughs> you know uh, and and just and just ta- and just talking to me about how much um, you know, Mick meant to him and some things that he had left out of his induction that's, speech. That's awesome. And, you know, asked me to walk him back to his dressing room and I'm doing this and, you know, and, and Terry's arm is around me. I'm like, I can't believe this is my life. You know, I right, also right. got, I also got to be there. So um, I was told um, several weeks before it was announced that Bruno Sammartino mm-hmm. was going to be inducted um that, that that was going to be announced so um i prepped by reading bruno's autobiography so when the announcement came i was prepared to build out all of this bruno content and yeah. bruno and triple h that day the day it was announced were making the media rounds and um, having conference calls with different media outlets so uh, my boss's boss, that same guy who we who that who keeps yeah. coming up in conversation, <laughs> came over to my desk and said, "Hey, do you want to interview Bruno Sammartino yeah. and Triple H?" I said, "I said when?" He said, "In ten minutes." <laughs> so was on the phone with Bruno and Triple H for an extended period uh, and spoke to Bruno Sammartino and and that interview yeah. is up on the website as well and um, uh, and you can go and find that and. Um, and it was a you know a dream to talk to Bruno. You know, my my grandfather was a was a massive Bruno Sammartino, but my great grandfather mm-hmm. from just, the, the, just the groundwork that Bruno laid. You know what I mean? Like that's just incredible. Like I mean, obviously we're all probably just a little too young for you know to be around. For oh yeah. This time. But uh, and, I, and by the way, I don't recommend you go back and watch Bruno Sammartino matches. No, uh, <laughs> they they don't stand the test of time. But um, but that <laughs> night at the Garden was the first night I had the opportunity to meet him in person. So I went up to him and um, he remembered yeah. speaking to me and he thanked me for the awesome. phone call and thanked me for the interview. Wow. And I was there when he, it's a, there's a famous moment. It's captured on video. You can probably find the clip somewhere. He is presented with the original title that he won from oh, Buddy wow. Rogers. And he hadn't seen the title in decades and he 30 some years 40 years yeah, something th- probably yeah yeah maybe even more yeah and yeah. um uh, and i got to be in the green room with him in his dressing wow. room when that happened which was pretty incredible so you got to I'll, witness that wow i'll tell you i'll tell you my favorite moment from that night and look i don't want to get political now is not the time and place to get political but trump was being inducted that night as we all know Sure. And I kind of had a reputation of um, uh, of having pretty big cojones, pretty big grapefruits. And um, <laughs> uh, and I kind of had no fear, you know, and I would go up to anyone and ask them, hey, can I interview you? Can I talk to you? So oh, wow. one of my colleagues said to me, hey, do you want to go talk to Trump? 
remember, this is several years before he ran for right. president. Yeah, of course. Sure, sure. Yeah, um, it's all, but he, you know, uh, WWE stuff at this time. Right. So, but, but he was still very controversial. If you remember when oh, he came yeah. out at the garden, the booze were crazy. And um, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I went up and I said, uh, Mr. Trump, my name is, you know, my name is Zach from WWE.com. Can I have a few minutes of your time? Interviewed him for, I don't know, about <laughs> 90 seconds, 120 seconds, something like that. Threw him a few softballs. He gave me some good sound bites. And, um, nice. and that was that. So um, I'm a short dude. Trump is peering over my head to something behind me. So I, I turn around and I look behind me and there's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, God. And, wow. And Arnold was there that night, obviously, to induct Bruno. Um, and I didn't know Jeez, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I had never, I had never met him before, but I was like, this is a good opportunity for me. So I said, Oh, Mr. Trump, do you know, Mr. Schwarzenegger, Mr. Schwarzenegger, do you know, Mr. Trump? And they kind of, they almost floated towards each other <laughs> and they shook hands. I don't know if it was the first time they ever met. Um, but you know, here's Arnold who had just finished being the Republican governor of California. And Trump was very controversial at this time as um, promoting the birther movement against Obama mm. um, and uh, this rising voice in conservative politics. And here they are kind of coming together in this kind of like mega powers moment. And um, uh, WW.com's photographer snapped a photo of the moment and the next day, that photo went semi-viral. And who's in the background but <laughs> me in my dorky little suit holding <laughs> some index cards and my recorder. Um, I, I have – that photo has since been scrubbed from the internet because I've desperately tried to find it to show people. Wow. And I, I cannot find it. But no, I swear wait. to God, it happened and it exists somewhere. Well, and like you said, it's not trying to get into political stuff, but it was, you know, not much longer after that. I didn't I'm, they, I think they had like some beef with each other, some heat against oh, each they? other. I, didn't I know think that. so, because it was like, uh, you know, TV show guy becoming, you know, going for president and, and you know, the celebrity apprentice. And I think Arnold was like, oh, yeah, well, I was already in politics and now I'm going to take over your show or it was a whole thing. And who knows, you know, it, it might have just been for, uh, you know, ratings or news or whatever. But it just there was a thing going on at the time. So it's like I could I could I could see why powers that would be would be like oh no 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 get this picture out of here right <laughs> yeah what a man what a crazy time you're not gonna find it believe me if i can't find it you're not gonna find it yeah together yeah i can't believe we didn't Donald talk figures at all a bitch. <laughs> what, what zach i said i can't believe we, we talked we didn't talk figures at all well, and I was I was gonna say um, oh, yeah. we needed to at least uh, before we wrap things up, you know, yes. get into you know what yes. your fandom, you know, uh, figures that you collected as a child that you collect now, you know, what tell us just some of the things that you know meant something yeah. to you growing up as a wrestling fan and and now as a wrestling. Fan. 
Yeah, sure. So um, I, I'm a Hasbro kid, right? Mm. I, I, I have very little emotional, nostalgic connection to LJNs. Um, a lot of my friends are, uh, are not the same. They love LJNs and, and don't get Hasbro. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, was a, I was a Hasbro kid. I sold my whole childhood collection um, and, and then regretted it. And I've been trying to build it back up um, with pieces that I didn't have when I was a kid. Sure. Um, so um, my whole thing now is um, uh, collecting those Hasbros. Um, l- I love the AWA Remcos as well. Um, and my big, I'm mostly a Lucy collector. Mm-hmm. except when I'm trying to get stuff signed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I love getting stuff signed. I'm very proud of my autographed collection. Um, going to get a whole bunch more in Philly. Um, yeah. I'm going to, Ooh. I'm going to all see you in Philly. Yeah, we'll see you. You're going to go to the Philly. live show? Yeah. No, I, I won't be at the live show because um, I, I'm, so I'm very close friends with Peter Rosenberg. Um, uh, oh, okay. one, of my, one of my best friends in the world. And, um, and his uh, podcast is um, is doing something the same night um, okay. that I'm that I'm helping out with. Okay, um, yeah. and doing a few things for. So uh, I can't make it to the live show, unfortunately. Yeah, we'll have um, to stay in touch and yeah, see we if we can run into you know you. run yeah. into each other somewhere throughout the yeah week. for sure. We're yeah. at the WrestleCon Hotel, um, okay. and uh, so yeah, getting a whole bunch of stuff signed that weekend and. I'm going down to a convention in Richmond, Virginia in March to get some stuff signed um, where I'm getting um, some stuff uh, signed by Flair and Sting, which has been on my on my list oh, for a while. Nice. Um, and yeah, big into getting uh, signed um, stuff, especially vintage, really vintage stuff mm. signed. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, one of the things that I try and get signed the most are rookie figures. So oh, I have nice. a lot of rookie figures that. signed. Yeah. Um, what's but, your favorite uh, that you own? My, my, my favorite that I own is probably the Jack's triple threat that Mick signed for me uh, with all three characters in different yeah. color paint. Yeah. Pen. That's cool. The three faces. Um, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So, uh, I'm waiting for that ringside three pack to come in, uh, the updated version that I'll get him to sign that as well. And then I've also got, uh, so there is a, um, a pretty underrated, I think figure line, um, that uh, Brian and Matt have actually talked a little bit about on the podcast on their podcast recently, which is uh, this line of WCW uh, figures by uh, original Sam makers that came out in '98. It's not the vibrating ones. It's not the original ones. They're, they're, they've got a great plastic window on them. Great mm-hmm. for signatures. Oh. And I am trying to get everyone on that in that line signed except for those that have passed away hmm. um so uh another of my favorites other than that nick is um uh i have goldberg signed okay um and goldberg you know as a nerdy jew uh growing up watching wrestling you know goldberg meant so much to me um uh, for a guy to have that name, which is such a a um, a no shame Jewish name, yeah. um, and uh, um, and to be that kind of hero, well, he was huge for me growing up. So when I got to meet him and get that figure signed, that was huge. 
And, uh, and the last thing I'll say is um, I just posted this in the group recently. Um, I was down in Rumble, down in Tampa for the Rumble, pardon me, and went to Hogan's Beach Shop. Yes. And yeah, he just did a signing. Yep. And he signed, he signed yeah. four items for me. And those are now absolutely favorites in my collection. Yeah, that's I, awesome. Yeah. I have to... I've been meaning to make my way down for, for one of those for sure. Yeah. Probably, so hopefully this, this year, year, Jake. No, this yeah. year, man, you're coming down okay. here. I'm, we're going to have, right. we're having a whole weekend. Billy's coming too. He doesn't know it, but he's coming. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're going out, brother. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we have to, dude. I mean, I have to get what, all what my a vlog that'll be. I'm, yeah. I don't even, dude, I don't even know what I would get signed. Like I'm going to Hollywood. I got to get some ultimate. Yeah. Maybe. My so I, Right here, get and just have him have to <laughs> autograph it <laughs> right over so, your heart. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bluetooth issues again. Back now. Um, what what he signed for me? I got uh, his Series One Hasbro signed. Oh, nice. Um, That's the Gorilla Press one, right? Yep, the Gorilla yep. Press one, the first one. Yep. Um, he uh, he signed for me um, that ninety eight series of figures mm-hmm. that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, uh, as Hollywood, he, he sends it Hollywood Hogan for life in white paint pen looks gorgeous. Yeah. And um, uh, he signed the, uh, the his new superstars uh, chase figure with the blue boots. Blue. So, um, oh, yeah. I, had sign, yeah. I had him sign that in blue paint pen. Nice. And, uh, oh, and then I had him sign um, his 1985 Tops rookie card. I don't oh, know if you guys wow. are card guys. Um, but I had him sign the card for me. Okay. I wanted him to sign the, I don't know if you're familiar with the 1982 wrestling all-stars set, which has the kind of the true Hogan rookie. Mm. Uh, but I was not able to get my hands on one. So I had him sign the, the tops card instead, but, but yeah, those four items, those are going to be nice. key to my collection too. Wow. Oh, and and um, how, was that the first time you've met Hogan or you've met him previously? No, I had interviewed him several times when oh, I was working wow. for the company. Yeah. We, um, uh, he, he did not remember me. I don't blame sure. him. Oh, uh, yeah, he, no, he meets uh, 87,000 people a day. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I yeah. interviewed him three or four times in person. Um, uh, when, when I, when I worked for the company, um, I'm also a, like Brian, a huge Mets fan. Okay. Um, cool. and, uh, I mean, I, I, I got some heat with you then, but, uh, <laughs> okay. oh yeah. Why is that? Well, cause he stole Frankie Lindor years ago. Oh, okay. Are you, are you? You're a Cleveland fan? Well, I was. <laughs> okay. Back when they were the Indians now. I see. I mean, I, I moved to Florida now, so. I see. Okay. Whatever. Um, <laughs> then why do you I care? don't live there, so I don't <laughs> like them. I, I, listen, as soon as they went to the Guardians, I was like, I'm out. Get yeah, me out of here. I, I understand. Um, but, uh, uh, but, yeah, so like Brian, I, I, I love starting lineups. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So um, in addition to – Getting wrestling figures signed. I love getting uh, start old starting lineups signed. Um, so uh, have have a bunch of those. And whenever I get a good one signed, I always send a I text a picture to to, to Brian of that. Yep, that's yeah. cool. Um, I feel like Jake is going off to find something else to show off real quick. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, that's that's cool. Um, I mean, uh, from what you were saying, a lot of it sounds like stuff that you just get, you know, just because you're a fan. Um, right. I mean, and at, at this point, you've probably interviewed so many different people. Um, have you, do you, or have you considered doing like, uh, guys like, have interviewed people I've interviewed 
or work directly with or anything like that? Well, well, yeah. So, so well, that that list would be really long. Um, but yeah. I, but I do I do try and get key figures of guys that I have relationships with. You know, okay. um, so um, you know I've got the the Hawkins losing streak figure mm-hmm. signed with the with the losing streak. You know, on there he did that for yeah. me. Um, you know, I've got a few things signed by Matt. Um, I've got, uh, some stuff from Cabana, some mm-hmm. stuff from Ziggler, you know, um, th- those are kind of the ones that, uh, and, and the other guy that, um, I had a really strong relationship when I worked there was Cody. Oh, um, wow. yeah. Co- Co- Cody and I were, um, we were friendly for, for a while. And, um, uh, uh, I don't have anything signed by him and he's obviously tough to get a hold of these days. Yeah. Um, uh, cause you know, he's, I'm, I'm so happy for him, but you know, he's such a huge deal now. And, um, sure. uh, but yeah, what, w- one of the best guys and, um, I did this story, um, with him called, uh, Cody Rhodes growing us, growing up WCW. And it's oh, wow. a piece just talking about, um, stuff that he witnessed when his dad would bring yeah. him backstage. Yeah. When I remember hearing was, stories of things like that. So that's actually oh, pretty yeah, cool too. Incredible. Yeah. So, so you can go and you can find that story. And um, shortly after I did that story, um, I was working backstage at the annual Christmas week house show at the garden. And um, Cody uh, introduced me to Brandy at that show. And he handed me, I was not expecting him to do this at all. He handed me as a gift for doing that story for him um, and helping get him over. Any content that guys can get on on the website at that point was trying to get them over. Um, he gave me a gift of uh, a replica Intercontinental title, oh, the, um, wow. the old school with the with the white strap. Yeah. And oh, of course, he didn't sign it for me. I didn't even consider asking him to. To, it didn't even cross my mind right. for, uh, to ask him to sign it for me at the time, but it's the only replica title I've gotten, and it's it's still in the cloth bag sitting yeah. in my closet. I don't I don't know know what to do with it. So you I mean, you can you, send it to me. I'll 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 no. put it right here and no, I'll wear not, it every every episode. It it has real it has real sentimental value to me. You um yeah. you live in the in the New England area, Zach. You live in New York. Not, not New England. I, you know, I'm from New. I, I, I was. I grew up on Long Island, um, not too far from where Matt and Brian both grew up. Um, and uh, and I live in Brooklyn. Oh. I'm so sorry, guys. That keeps happening. It's okay. Um, uh, but yeah, gr- grew up on Long Island. Um, and uh, and then after college, I moved back to the New York area and lived in Brooklyn for 15 years. And then, kind of during the the peak of COVID. Um, my wife and I uh, took advantage of the housing market, and we now uh, live in the New Jersey suburbs. Okay. Well, I was I was just gonna say, um, Cody's been doing a bunch of um, signings in the area lately. I just went to one in New York, uh, you know, a couple a couple months ago. I saw that he um, was at Heroes Hideout in Albany. Yeah. 
was gonna um, say you should bring bring that title um with you and <laughs> and be like hey you remember this you know and and have him finally sign it for you you know well if, he, if, he, if he's gonna sign something for me it's gonna be his rookie figure which i have yeah. uh mint on card ready for him to sign it but I, I i wanted to go to that um that signing uh at heroes hideout it was the it was the first night of hanukkah so oh, yes. um could, could not make it that day yeah. um but i'm sure we'll cross paths at some yeah. point absolutely yep. definitely and then he'll be hopefully champion by the time uh you do that well yeah <laughs> you know you're gonna be there wrestlemania weekend he's probably gonna yeah. win the championship and then he's gonna see you and he's gonna be like zach, zach here where have you been <laughs> and he'll just hand you the the world title the new one <laughs> <laughs> you're he's a like, fucking doom <laughs> <laughs> but Hell yeah. well zach um we have been going a little while and and uh we've got some great stories and i'm sure we could get many more and have had a lot of fun hanging out with you but we probably should start to wrap this thing up let's do it so um, for thank you again two. you know so much for hanging out definitely yeah, oh, thanks for having thank me you. thank Pleasure. you yeah. so much yep all right well uh husvar go ahead and take us out play my fucking music i got galoom a uh, hasbro dusty I got the merch that drives the marks while the ring-worn gear, they want to wear it. H-A-R-D, just like Blue Chew, I'm just a major mark. Major mark! I'm not a toy boy. Toy boy! I'm just a major mark. Major mark! I'm not a toy boy. Toy boy! Claim all the figs. Claim all the merch, like Super Gabby. You already know the Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen with Phil Jackson. Always scratching that itch. I'm just a major mark, major mark. I'm not a toy boy, toy boy. I'm just a major mark, major mark. I'm not a toy boy, toy boy. Hey, all you major marks, claim all that merchandise. 